This is the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Here's the Globe's editor-in-chief, David Wildstein. Kevin O'Toole is the chairman of the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, which which means he runs a bi-state agency that's actually bigger than six U.S. states. He's a former Republican senator and assemblyman and a weekly columnist for the New Jersey Globe. Senator O'Toole, how are you? I'm doing fine, David. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for coming on. And, and Senator, you are you are by New Jersey standards uh, uh, young. You're you're 57. You've become now the the leading elder statesman of New Jersey politics. Uh, I mean, I, some of the most powerful leaders in both parties seek your advice and counsel. Do you do you feel you're more influential as a private citizen than when you were a senator running for office? No, David, I don't consider myself influential. I mean, look, I've been involved in politics for almost 40 years, starting out you know, back in the early 80s, have had an opportunity to mix with Congress members, senators, state, federal. And over the years, you just learn certain parts of this trade and you want to share some of those experiences and some of that wisdom that has come in the last four decades. And it's a lot of fun. And I mean, one of the things we have in common is we both got hooked on politics at a, at a young age. You you interned and you started out as, a, for, as an intern for a congressman. How did you how did you wind up there? How did you wor- wind up working there? Sure. It was 1984. I was taking a class, American government. And part of that uh, requirement was to intern uh, for a congressional campaign. I was assigned uh, Congressman Minish's campaign in 84 and threw myself into it and literally uh, just fell in love with politics the moment I walked into the campaign headquarters at the old town campus in West Orange. Right. And, and there were, I mean, I remember, I mean, there were, Joe Minish was a, was a legendary guy. I mean, and, and I remember he had a, I don't know if you called it chief of staff back then. I think he, he may have been the equivalent of the district director, but, but a guy named Joe Puzo, uh, real, real old timer, but real, you know, by, you know, just, just knew how to run these campaigns. Guys like that, I, I think have, have had a lot of influence on people like us as we, as we are young and learning. Listen, we kind of take for granted those individuals, the Joe Puzos, the John Kellys, the Joe Minishes, the Steve Adubato seniors, they have cast in a, a very long shadow and had a lot of influence on those of us who played around in Essex County. I mean, the word Machiavelli was used quite a bit, and you learn just a little bit as you sit around the table, you know, around the kitchen table, just trying to elbow closer to these principles as they talk about strategies in, in politics. And you're, you're sitting there, I mean, you know, and we've, we've... – We've talked about what power is like in New Jersey, where you start out out in the hallway and, and you just want to get in the room. And then you're, you know, at, at that age, we were all the wall sitters. We were the guys sitting along the wall and we wanted to get at the table. But but it's just it's invaluable. And I and, and I say this to young people that want to get involved, involved in politics all the time. you got to listen to people that have been around the block and 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 hear their stories and get their lessons. Listen, I started out uh, the, the following year. I was driving, you know, three or four co- uh, assembly members to, to Trenton. I sat in the van and literally listened to the stories back and forth with Jerry Zecker, uh, you know, Newt Miller, uh, John Kelly, and, and Marion Krekel and others, and getting coffee for them. And you're listening to every little thing they said, and you absorbed everything. And I think some of the, the now generation, they don't have that opportunity, and they don't have uh, pro- uh, they don't have access to those experiences. Sometimes they want to jump to the head of the line and put their name on the ballot without going through the staff, the staff levels and working your way up the political ladder. And that's a mistake. 
I agree. And I mean, you ran for councilman in Cedar Grove. You were uh, you were in law school. You were I think you were 25 when you won your first election. I mean, what was we, you were anxious to run for office, but you, you what made yeah. you choose local office? Um, it was there. I uh, had attended council meetings at the age of 18, ran for office and won at 24, my third year of law school. My campaign manager was Thomas P. Scribble at the time, and I just had the opportunity. Uh, soon thereafter, uh, became involved at the county level and ran for a vacant assembly seat in 1995. How do you, you were, I mean, again, we, we talk about people, you're, you're, you're able to be an elder statesman today because you started young. Uh, that's that's fairly unusual. How did how did you wind up getting to the state assembly? So I got to the state assembly. I was serving as a chief of staff for a county executive, uh, and there was a sudden retirement from Maureen Ogden, who had served seven terms in the assembly. A little un- unbeknownst to me, she had staged it where her chief of staff, Cindy Fuller, was going to just walk into uh, the county committee and take over. So I went out and literally called and knocked on every county committee uh, in the 13 towns of then tw- District 21, Union in Essex County, and uh, beat her by 30 votes. And it's shoe leather, right? I mean, those kind of elections, thats there's no substitute for hard work. Listen, you can't um, mistake. When you when, when I ran in 2007 for the state Senate, again, getting thrown off the line in Bergen County for the powers that be, I wasn't deterred. I went out and knocked on every door, uh, talked to every county committee, uh, ran out an incredible list of endorsements, raised a record amount of money at that time. Um, you have to really put – you have to be all in in this business, and you just can't mail it in. Uh, if you're in it, you've got to be in it. You can't – you've got to make your own luck, don't you? I mean, it's not all – everybody talks about how it's all about the money and the party support, but I think sometimes you just have to make your own luck. Well, listen, Bobby Frank said it best. It's money, message, organization. But I always say to add to that, you've got to be around the sphere of opportunity. You've got to work it hard, wait for that uh, moment of opportunity that's around the table, and just take a, a run at it. But you've got to be, you know – Ready, set, go. So, so I, 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 I jump ahead. You're now in the assembly a little under six years. Uh, there's an opportunity to move up to the Senate in your district. Senator Lou Bassano, my old boss, one of the greatest guys I ever worked for, uh, left early to, to go work at the Sports Authority. And suddenly you're in the state Senate. And, and you got to be thinking this, you know, that, 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 that life can't get any better. But, but tell us. Something happened. So, Something happened. So let's, let's talk about it. So I get into the state Senate in uh, April of 2001, and I'm sitting around this round table uh, in the majority in the Senate. And I'm saying this is like it doesn't get any better than this. You know, Don DeFrancesco is the Senate president, and we're just having a ball of the time. Uh, what happens is redistricting gets uh, comes uh, into play. I get rocked and get put into a totally different district. Like a couple weeks after you got there, right? I mean, not a long time, a couple, a couple weeks. weeks. Right. Yeah, and I, I didn't have Al Barless doing redistricting then, so I had to make my own fortune. I barely climbed back into the assembly. What I did, I made a deal with uh, Senator McNamara. He was in the Senate. I was grouped to be with him in the Senate. I said I wouldn't run in a primary against him, uh, knowing full well he was running for county executive in 02. I said, look, if you run and win in 02, I'm going back to the Senate with your blessing. So I kind of fell into that ticket with uh, McNamara and Dave Russo uh, and myself as a threesome. He actually lost – uh, McNamara lost a race that he should have won. Uh, he then uh, went on to serve a couple more years, and then he retired in 07, and I ran in a very competitive race in 07 for the Senate and uh, served there for 10 years and had a, had the best time of my life politically. And I'm speaking with Port Authority 
Chairman Kevin O'Toole. I mean, you know, just I just I want to frame this for everybody because because they, especially in a redistricting year, to understand what it was. You you live in Cedar Grove, which is which is northern Essex County, and you had a district that went all the way down into Roselle Park uh, in Union County. Uh, uh, you know, not not terribly far from Staten Island. And then the next thing you know, you are at the southern end of your district, and you're all the way up to what Mawa. Yeah, I touched on the New, New York, York State, State line. Went to, went to yeah, literally, I lost ninety percent, uh, and the next redistricting lost ninety five percent of my district. But you know, managed just through making you know the relationships, uh, raising a lot of money, having a certain profile, uh, standing behind the towns on important issues, managed to stay uh, as the senator for a number of years. You don't see that happen every day. So, Senator, you said you said relationships, and that is that is just such an important thing for people to understand about politics is is building relationships and building friendships. And and I mean, you you could have been dead on the side of the road, and after that redistricting, you you had what Verona and Cedar Grove, and that was it. Uh, and it was your relationships that saved you. What what advice do you have to people about about how to forge these friendships? Well, first of all, you're in this political game for a finite period of time. You have to reach out and make friends uh, and relationships almost immediately. One of the things that I did, uh, once you get into the new district, you sit down with the council members, the uh, the chairs, uh, the county committee people, find out what's important to them, find a common ground, and just relate to them. And I think when you want to flip that, when once I got on the assembly floor uh, back in the 90s, you have to reach out to the folks across the aisle. One of the Initial uh, friendships I struck up early on was with Brian Stack. Uh, he was under attack by a lot of fellow Republicans, saying that Union City was in a certain uh, mentality, and they were using it as a, as a whipping boy. And I realized that Brian had certain opportunities, reached out, and forged a, which is now going to become a lifelong relationship. And the same would hold true to a, the county executive, Joe DiVincenzo, and uh, a number of others, and present-day you know, Joe Lagana and a number of other folks. You just have to reach out and have a relationship with, and that goes a long way. And you have to be real, and you have to be authentic in this business, and there's not a lot of it out there. If you can plant those seeds, uh, they will be there for uh, a good long time. So one of the things, Senator, that I, I wrote about you in, in the New Jersey Globe Powerless last year is that, that you – you have become the the consigliere of the consiglieres. That that you are the ones the people advise the people who are advising the most powerful people in New Jersey politics. They come to you for advice. What is what is what does that mean? Is it is it every day people are calling you? Is it, you know saying you know here's here's our situation. Give you know give me some sage wisdom as to as to how to handle it. Well, listen, as the Senate President Nick Scatari said a couple weeks to me, uh, he says, uh, Kevin, you're more involved now than when you were in the, in the Senate. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I do have, obviously, conversations and meetings on a daily and weekly basis with, you know, I would say on any given week, you know, 10 of the 40 senators and probably 10, 15 assembly members that just want to have a conversation, whether it's, you know, Steve Warhol or, you know, Holly Shapizzi or, you know, Steve Sweeney when he was the Senate President. Uh, there's a, just a number of relationships you have and look, they asked for my advice. I asked for their advice. And again, if you're a friend, you just have these discussions. And from these discussions leads to, you know, some good policymaking. You're Republicans. You're a Republican senator. You were you were I mean, you, you, you I would I would I would argue that you were a conservative Republican senator. But but you have friendships with Democrats that, that just seem to be better than than friendships Democrats have with Democrats. Is there 
do you look at that as a model and and think there is a possibility in in Trenton and in Washington for it to go back to the way it used to be and both parties could can get along more and and, and agree to disagree on issues but not go personal at each other? Well, listen, you learn this back in the day watching the Joe Dorias of the world, you know, having these crossover politics. It doesn't exist anymore. It's not encouraged uh, from members of both sides. You know, listen, when I had my biggest threat was uh, losing in a primary in any given year, the general elections were never a problem for me. I had that crossover support. But listen, once the election's over, you got to reach out and have those relationships and, uh, you know, have a conversation. Interestingly, more times than not, after I had a, a race with a Democratic opponent, that opponent would endorse me the following election because we had spent time together, went to diners together, talked about policy and family, and really had this authentic relationship that was born out of that experience. And that doesn't happen enough these days, David. We have to create some forum, some uh, model that allows this crossover politics uh, and policy to have a real conversation as opposed to the gotcha politics of today. It's just these cheap shots and you and you move on. And if I can edit, editorialize a little bit more, I just don't think you have a lot of the deep thinkers that we used to have from years ago. You need to have the folks who really understood policy, the Senator Lynch's, the Senator Gormley's of the world, who really understood base politics and understood uh, you know, long-term uh, public policies. And we should encourage some of that deep thinking. I don't care if it's whether it's Rowan or Rutgers or Seton Hall, they should have some of these forums that allow uh, these these stalwarts, these legends to kind of talk about how we have this new brand of politics that we haven't seen in 30 years. And a lot of this comes up every Tuesday in your columns on the, the New Jersey Globe. It, it gives life lessons on how how politicians should behave, how, you know, and, and, and it gets a great response from people. One, one of the things I was thinking about, uh, was was your staff over the years you you have had uh, and, it, and it's apparent to everybody an amazing amount of loyalty from the people that have worked for you they you know when they leave and they move on to to different positions they you never really leave the o'toole world i mean i'll i'll, I'll bet barless is actually listening live on the radio right now which which i don't think he ever does because it's you it's not for me uh well, how do you do perspective, that? Though, Al, Al was the third chief of staff. I mean, Matt Murray was just amazing. Dominic Fiorelli, Fiorelli he's going to uh, be upset. I screw up his name. Uh, Rene DiCostello. Um, there, there have been my family. I mean, look, whether it's my wife, Beth, and my two kids, that's my core family. The staff members that I've uh, cultivated, they're part of my core family. They never go away. Uh, the people I've met in grammar school, high school, law school, on the council, in the assembly, in the Senate, uh, we, I, I'm fortunate enough to still consider them uh, friends. And we periodically sit down and talk about you know, what's happening in life, you know, if they're married, if the kids, how are things going. Uh, and that, you don't find that. Listen, I had one um, office manager for 22 years, Renee. I had three chiefs of staff over 22 years, and they never went away. Whenever I had a tough race... They would drop what they were doing, take a leave of absence, and help me run uh, my tough races. Uh, and that that you know that stays with you. And that is that is just an important part of it. It's an important lesson for everybody in politics is is that it's not just building relationships with other other people, your colleagues, but also you know within your your own core group. So uh, I hope I hope more people take those lessons, and I, I think people should read the O'Toole Chronicles every week to to get more of those. But, <laughs> but well, Senator Kevin O'Toole. Port Authority Chairman, thank you so much for coming on. 
and, and it's you, always a, always a pleasure to speak with you. And I will be right back with some news that you're not going to want to miss. So please just stay right where you are. This is David Wildstein, the editor of the New Jersey Globe, and you're listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 